Good morning. I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations about how they serve the community and getting updates on current projects. For the first portion of today's program, I'm speaking with Sean from El Grupo, who have their annual fundraising event, the Fall Fundo, coming up next Sunday, October 17th. So when I first moved to Tucson, I remember driving out towards the west and I saw this peloton up ahead of me. And as I got closer, I started realizing they're a lot shorter than I'm used to seeing in a peloton. And so I turned to my husband and I'm like, what did I just see? And he's like, oh, that's just the El Grupo kids. And what better place to start? What can you tell me about El Grupo and kind of how did this get started? Yeah, um, so El Grupo is a youth development cycling organization. So. Our mission is to empower youth through cycling. So take all of the things that you learn in karate or basketball or baseball. We just do it on bikes, which I think is way more fun. Um, And you get to go and explore places with your bicycle. So not only are you riding on the roads, but you're also riding trails on your mountain bike. Uh, You can go bike packing and go camping. Um, And you can also learn skills when you're super young at like age six or seven. Um, And you can learn all of those skills that'll eventually become life skills. And you'll be able to have those opportunities to learn about yourself, learn how to be a teammate, which is also being just a really great coworker. Um, And then you can also take all of those skills and implement them into being prepared for college or your job or relationships that you want to have. So there's a lot of things that we do through the use of the bicycle um, that isn't necessarily just riding bikes. And we started way back when. Um, we're, we're approaching 20 years. It was organized by Ignacio and Daniela, a husband and wife uh, couple who started El Group on their back porch or patio, something like that. And um, they had the opportunity to just invite riders over and say, what do you want to do? And so it became a touring group and it became a mountain biking group and it became so many other things that eventually we we secured a clubhouse um, downtown. And so we have a giant um, property with two buildings and it's full of bikes and full of kids at any time of day. And um, we just have a really great time together. That was something I was kind of uh, curious about your clubhouse, because that was something I saw on the website that you have a pretty uh, sizable goal for this year when it comes to the clubhouse specifically. Yeah. Um, So our clubhouse is really the heart and soul of what we do. I give tours, uh, I don't know, probably 10 times a week. And every time I walk somebody in, I always talk about having a roof over our head. There are other clubs that are very similar to us, um, but they all just meet at the trailhead and go out on a ride. With our clubhouse, we have a space for the riders to come and go. A lot of them do have their own keys. So you'll see a 15-year-old in there by himself or by herself working on a bike. We keep all of our bikes in our bike library there as well. We've got about 250 bikes that as a rider grows and progresses and finds interest in other things, they're able to just kind of say, I'm going to check out this bike. I want to try this one. And so having a clubhouse is really important to us because we want to eventually purchase that property. And we're working on the plans for that right now. Um, So it is a pretty hefty fundraising goal of $600,000 plus some renovations that we need to do. So all in all, we're looking at about $700,000. But we have uh, a process in place where we've already raised some of those funds and then we'll finance the rest because we really want that property. Mm -hmm. It's it's part of the the mission right now. It really is, yeah. Uh, 
the clubhouse under ownership. Uh, so how many kids do you usually have involved um, with El Grupo at a given time? Um, during the week, it's about 140 um, across four programs. That's riders from ages like 7 to 17, 18, those seniors in high school. We also have a program that's off campus, as I call it, at a, uh, at a bilingual school. Um, called our bike club at Monzo Elementary School. And then throughout the course of a year, you're probably looking at about a thousand families and riders that are impacted through El Grupo's mission from just riding in El Tour to doing our fall fondo that's coming up um, in a couple of weeks or doing our scavenger hunt or going to the races or really all of the outreach that we end up doing that's not just our weekly programming. Um, Can we take a second to just touch a little bit more on those different uh, programs that El Grupo offers? Yeah, so um, for our what we call the senior level riders, um, that's ages 12 to 18, those seniors in high school. We have bikepacking and our race team. Race team is really the most identifiable one that you'll see. Um, Those are the riders that you saw when you first came to Tucson. Um, Those are the ones that are going out there. They say, I want to be competitive. I want to push myself in these certain ways. And they'll go out and they'll race their road bikes. They'll race their mountain bikes. Um, we did a gravel race this year, and which was super cool for some of them because um, it was the first time we got to do that. So they're being spoken to and coached in a, uh, in a competitive way, but all of those pieces of coaching relate back to their homework or their family life or anything like that. On the other side, we have riders that are less competitive and that aren't really driven by chasing down uh, the rider in front of them or staying away from the peloton as you're trying to race away. There are bike packers. And so they'll load up their bikes with like 50 pounds of gear and then ride from our clubhouse to these remote locations with no cell phone service. They're completely bringing in their own water. They've got their own food. And so like that's what motivates them. Same types of riders, equally as strong, just motivated in two different ways. Then we have our Grupito riders, which are the youngest ones. They're the 7 to 12-year-olds. And what we do there is just teaching teamwork to each other. That's where you'll see it's kind of like a rec basketball league. You're learning how to ride with other riders. You're learning how to communicate with your coaches. You're learning how to be driven in figuring out what's going to motivate you as a rider. And so you may find that you're seven years old and you're really interested in racing, but when you're 12, you're more interested in something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is the time where a lot of riders will explore. And they can do things on bikes that me and as a 35-year-old man, not really interested in doing. I want to keep all my bones intact Mm -hmm. and my teeth in my head. Um, But those kids are really, really skilled, and it's fascinating to see what they can do. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we have the Monzo Elementary Riders. That is a free program for riders at Monzo Elementary. It's a bilingual school where the principal is also a mountain biker, which is really cool. Um, And we have our own classroom there. We have instruction in the classroom after school hours, uh, and then they go out and they ride their bikes. We provide the bikes. We provide the helmets, the the, the instruction, uh, and we do have a bilingual staff person there as well to communicate with parents in ways that maybe some of us can't. Yeah, so everyone can actually participate in uh, what is going on. So I guess it'd probably be a good time to kind of transition. You had mentioned the Fall Fundo, and this is going to be the eighth uh year um, that has been going. So I'd like to just hear a bit more about how this works and what it is. Yeah. So most people know cycling as you sign up for an event, you have a great time, you ride 100 miles or 50 miles or whatever it's going to be, and and you talk you know, all the stories about the climb that you hated and, and you can have a beer afterwards. Our event is our largest one-day fundraising uh, opportunity at El Grupo. So 
all of the Tucson cycling community registers to to participate. They can choose from a 75-mile ride, a 50-mile ride if you're just not feeling it in the legs today, um, or if you want to ride with your family or just kind of take it easy, we've got a 35-mile ride as well. And so riders will go off in the morning. There's two rest stops. Each one's a little bit different, and I've got um, some ideas for ways to make it super fun and, and kind of have some tasty treats there. And then what we'll end up doing is all the riders come back to our clubhouse. Mm-hmm. They get to hear from some of our riders. They've already ridden with some of them. And it's an opportunity for somebody who maybe doesn't always have the means to donate or maybe doesn't have equipment that they want to donate, but they want to give back to the mission. So this is an opportunity to have that after party with us where we cater the lunch. Um, We have beer from Dragoon Brewery. We've got a band coming that's going to play some 70s, 80s and 90s hits um, because those are the best. (laughs) And then, um, you know, we'll have some announcements about like what our programs have been doing. Um, And it's just an opportunity for people who don't always see our riders have that FaceTime with mm-hmm. them and can ask them questions about how the programs have changed their lives for, for the better. So it's a bit of a post-ride party after your Absolutely. That's the best different. part of it. <laughs> so wonderful. So uh, you had mentioned the, the distance options. How does the, the registration process work exactly? Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in registering, you'll go to elgrupocycling.org. Uh, and then you'll see where we have um, a pull-down menu of options, and you can register for that event. Um, and so it'll just say Fall Fondo. You click register. Uh, it's really, really simple. We use Network for Good, um, so you can just kind of pop in some basic information, and then lo and behold, you're registered, and you get all these updates from me saying, hey, the event's in two weeks. Why don't you invite your friends and family? Why don't you um, buy some raffle tickets and have the opportunity to raise more funds for El Grupo? Because what we'll end up doing is we'll take those funds, keep uh, our programs going, and then whatever's left over goes right back into purchasing the building. Mm-hmm. So I'll, so the funds will also help for that clubhouse goal Absolutely, um, yeah. that you have. Uh, That's the end goal for everything that we do here. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Sean from El Grupo about the upcoming Fall Fundo fundraising event. Uh, so you had mentioned a raffle. Uh, what type of prizes will be part of this raffle? Um, so Fairwheel Bikes is giving us a bike, which is really cool. Everybody loves um, having the opportunity for a bike, and it'll be something that you can ride down on the uh, the bike path and and enjoy with your family. So it's, it's not just for the racer mm-hmm. out there. We'll also have gift cards from local businesses. Um, we do have a stay at, at some of the local resorts. And so there's opportunities for people to kind of find the uh, the item that they're the most interested in. And it, it's a really simple process. You can go online, purchase extra raffle tickets. You can buy them at the event while you're also buying some swag that we've got as well to show your support of El Grupo. And um, the more raffle tickets you buy, obviously, the more chances you get at our sweet prizes. Uh, Can someone participate in the raffle that isn't able to, say, actually um, take part in the Fall Fundo event? Absolutely, yeah. So people can just join us for the after party. Um, That's something that's new this year. And really, the, the point of that is to just kind of dip your toes into what we do. Not everybody is a cyclist, but everybody cares about youth development and positive coaching. So um, it's an opportunity for somebody to just see what we do, hear from us. Um, and maybe they know somebody who wants to join our programs or somebody who wants to do our summer bike camp that we also have. That's another thing that um, I failed to mention earlier. Um, we do a summer bike camp that uh, teaches a lot of the the foundations of what we do at El Grupo. So 
our riders will start in summer bike camp at age six, and then they'll try out for Grupito, and then they'll try out for the race team, and then all of a sudden they've been with us for 10 years. Yeah, and I think it's kind of important to note it's really not that different from, you know, a, a different type of team sport, the lessons that kids can pull from um, cycling like this. Something I did notice when I was le- uh, looking at your website is that have you already sold out of the pre-ordered Sponsor kit? Yes. Um, Yeah. So every year we do a supporter kit. This year's the inverse of what our team riders wear. So where it was blue, it's a little bit yellow. Where it's yellow, it's a little bit blue. And it just says supporter on there. And that's an easy way for somebody to sign up, receive a, a, a kit, which is what they call the cycling clothes that you wear, the ones that look like pajamas out there. And you can show while you're riding your support of El Grupo. So we've sold through those, which is great. Um, and then we ordered some extras for anybody who missed that opportunity. So at the event, they can go and purchase a jersey. It is limited sizing, mm-hmm. but we can always order more yeah. and they come every year. So what did you guys do last year? During COVID? During, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always the big question. Um, we operated our programs. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did everything modified. So we, like everybody else, we closed down in uh, April and May. By June, we had our older riders riding. It was all outdoors um, and in super small groups at that time. As we learned more, we realized that we could open up other programs. Um, So we did have Grupito running. It was just masks on outdoors as much Mm -hmm. as possible. The, The luxury of cycling is there is no gym. There is no small spaces. So our riders are, are outside and then they're riding to trails or to parks. And so they have the opportunity to really be comfortable. And some families are choosing to wear a mask the entire time and some are choosing not to when we're out riding. But when we walk in the buildings, we're just wearing our masks, mm-hmm. being mindful of space um, and checking in with the Pima County Health Department from time to time, just so that we're kind of on track with mm-hmm. everything. And we've pulled our parents as well and they've been uh, very comfortable with having their riders participate. Is there a plan in place for, for like the fall fundo? With COVID, yeah, um, again, it's kind of that same process where if, if you needed to use one of our buildings for any reason, it would just be mask on. Mm-hmm. Because we are riding and we do ride in fairly small groups for the Fall Fondo, there's no masks required. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to be mindful of space, we did order extra tables and extra chairs um, so that people can find a way that they can kind of be comfortable mm-hmm. in their own space but still show support for Grupo. Absolutely. That was something else I'm just a little curious about is what are some of the other ways that people can uh, show support for um, what you do with El Grupo? Yeah, I mean, it it can be a donation as simple as bike parts that you have hanging around. Um, During COVID, a lot of people cleaned out their garages. uh, And we were uh, lucky enough to have great donations of road bikes and mountain bikes, um, even kids bikes that really worked for our programs. Um, So anybody can set up a time, they can just email me. It's sean at elgrupocycling.org. And they can arrange a time to drop off a donation. Sometimes I even do pickups, although not often. And that's really just an opportunity because somebody has something that we're super interested in or our riders are going to be stoked on uh, for having the opportunity to ride. And then there's obviously sponsorships and, and monetary donations that you can do from our website. Um, as well. Mm-hmm. And I did see that you, uh, El Grupo qualifies for that uh, tax credit donation yes. as well. So at the end of the year, we do um, a pretty big push for that Arizona tax credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that 400 or 800, if you're filing 
um, separately or together, that's an opportunity where at the end of the year we mm-hmm. raise about $70,000. Um, and that's a really, really big push for us. So mm-hmm. that'll come out right around Giving Tuesday uh, and then last, obviously, all the way through December. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else you would like to uh, share with me about El Grupo? Yeah, I mean, we can talk (laughs) stories about any specific riders or anything like that. But I think in my time with El Grupo, because I've been here since March of 2020, which is like the most fascinating time to to move to a a new city, (laughs) El Grupo is, is really unique in what we do because we don't focus on just the elite riders. We don't focus on just somebody who wants to be a professional. Sure, we've done that before, and that's great. We had a rider most recently compete in in, uh, the World Championships in Belgium this past year. Um, So those opportunities are there for some of our riders, but we focus specifically on the riders that are underrepresented in our uh, communities. Maybe they don't have the opportunity for to pay our tuition that we have because we are a tuition model. 80 of our riders are on scholarship of some sort. So that's summer bike camp. That's the Monzo program. That's um, tuition for our monthly dues with team or anything like that. And parents can reach out to me directly and say, hey, I'm going through a really tough position right now. You know, something's not working for our family, but my son or daughter wants to ride with you. And so we've always found opportunities for our riders. We've never turned anybody away because of scholarship. We just find ways to make things happen. And that's the unique thing about cycling is that you're going to find the opportunity to push through the lactic acid in your legs mm-hmm. that is really building up or like your heart just feels like it's going to fall out of you at some at some point but you can push through a lot of things that you don't always learn in school mm-hmm. and so school will always teach you read the book take the test and you're going to be successful. Well, there's grit and determination and perseverance and so many other things that go on in youth sports and in cycling specific. It's a it's a sport that really focuses on people who rise to the occasion. And I've seen so many of our riders just not really get it at home or at school. And they come down, they sit to our uh, they sit down on the couches in our clubhouse with our coaches, and they just say, "Hey, listen." I can't do X, Y, or Z. And we'll find ways to make it happen for them if it's uh, a coach needing to talk to a parent or extra tutor time at the clubhouse or, you know, uh, an accommodation that we might need to find for somebody. We're a a really unique organization that cares a lot about the riders, and we're super family friendly. Mm -hmm. And we want riders to come into our family be a part of what we do, and we want them to stay for years and years and years. We've got uh, siblings that go through the program. We've got riders who have graduated, and now their youngest sibling is just coming into the program. So it's really cool to see, and we've been lucky enough that some of our coaches have even been parents of riders that are on the team. So when I say that we're family-focused, we're really family-focused, and I love that part of it. (laughs) And a great way to uh, show support is at the biggest annual fundraiser, uh, the Fall Fundo. And again, can you just give me the details of the upcoming event? Yeah, it's going to be October 17th, which is a Sunday. Um, And so in the morning, uh, about 7 a.m., we're going to have riders take off for our 75-mile ride. About a half hour later, our 50- and 35-mile riders will go out. They'll go out around Tucson. They'll take on some of the bigger climbs that we've got around here if you're doing some of the bigger distances. Um, There are two rest stops. There's really, really good food at them. I'm having 
getting it catered. Um, and I'm working with a couple of opportunities that we're going to have some cycling specific food there that are really fun. Um, and then there might be a surprise at the second rest stop um, that I'm not quite ready to tell about. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to tease it a little yeah. bit. It's cold and it's yummy. And uh, you don't always get it on a bike ride. We'll leave it at that. And so when you return from the event, you'll join us for our after party where we'll have a catered lunch, we'll have a band, we'll have uh, our riders uh, kind of sharing some stories about how El Grupo's changed their lives. And um, you'll get to hear some news from the coaches of like what we've seen from our riders and how you can be a, a bigger support to, to everything that we do. And is there a, a last day for registration? Yeah, it's going to be October 16th. Okay. Um, so we go just right up to the before, end. Right if up. you showed up on the event and you said, I really wanted to ride, I just, I, my internet wasn't working for three weeks. Um, that's fine. I'm going to find a way to have you participate. We, we've got squares and we can always um, register you that way. Um, I may not have the t-shirt that you're looking yeah. for because everybody gets a t-shirt, um, but I'm going to make sure that you're going to be able to participate and have a great time with us. Well, Sean, I, I really appreciate you taking this time to uh, give me a little update yeah. uh, about what's to come with the Fall Fundo, uh, October 17th, yes. uh, right here in Tucson, biggest fundraising event for your group. It'll be super fun. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That was Sean from El Grupo talking about their annual fundraising event, the Fall Fundo, taking place next Sunday, October 17th. For the next portion of today's program, I'm sharing my recent conversation with Lisa Chastain, getting an update from the Gospel Rescue Mission. Gospel Rescue Mission has a long-standing history in Tucson, um, 70 years. Like almost 70 almost years. Almost 70. And uh, will you just share with me a bit of how the Gospel Rescue Mission got started and how it led you to where you are now? Absolutely. Uh, my favorite thing to talk about, uh, because my grandfather actually started the Gospel Rescue Mission back in 1953. He was a yardmaster at Southern Pacific Railroad and uh, experienced the back in that day the hobos riding on the rails and just developed so much compassion for them, would bring them food from home and clothing and coats from home. And that just grew and grew and grew until he quit the railroad and started the mission. So longstanding heritage, not only in Tucson, but also with my family. And uh, to say I'm in a full circle moment is an understatement. Never thought that God would call me to uh, to do this, this work and carry on the great work that he started. But very, very privileged to do that. So back in that day when it started, uh, they used to call it soup, soap, and salvation. <laughs> so it was just kind of the basic needs. It was a place to sleep, you know, get cleaned up and, and uh, a soup kitchen type of thing, a chapel service. Um, we have definitely expanded beyond that over the years. And today we are in a facility that has, you know, 350 shelter beds. We have another women's facility on Miracle Mile that has 109 beds. So uh, we certainly have exceeded, I think, any expectations that he would have had uh, for, for growth. Um, so, so yeah, that's what the Gospel Rescue Mission does. More importantly, more recently, uh, we collaborate with other organizations. Tucson's very good at that, uh, with other organizations to bring services, you know, beyond 
beyond what we do because we realize that there are so many multi-layers that homeless experience um, that goes way beyond what we do. So we partner together with those organizations to bring wholeness to the individual. There are there are five programs uh, Gospel Rescue Mission seems to focus on, shelter, recovery, employment, housing, and outreach. In a way, they definitely all dovetail together, but I'd like to start real quick just hearing about the shelter aspect and uh, how that works. Yeah, so shelter basically means we're open to anybody uh, within reason. I'll give you a little bit of our explanation of our parameters because we're not a low barrier shelter. Low barrier means pretty much anybody comes in at any condition. Uh, We don't allow anybody to come in that is uh, currently under the influence Mm -hmm. of either alcohol or drugs. Um, But what we do is we'll send them to detox and hold a bed for them so that they can return. Um, And also we are not a medical facility, so the individual has to be able to take care of Mm -hmm. themselves. Um, So we do have a little bit of a parameters. That's all the vetting is done at our intake process. So shelter just means, hey, we're open. You can come and have a warm place to sleep and a warm meal and a shower. And if you want no program whatsoever, and program meaning look for a job, look for housing, you know, addiction recovery, then you can stay a maximum of seven days. So something I had seen on your website worth noting is that this summer, the Center for Opportunity just celebrated a milestone. Can you tell me more about the H.S. Lopez Family Foundation Center of Opportunity and what it means for the community now that it has reached a their two-year anniversary? Yeah, it's amazing that it's been two years. Sometimes it feels like, you know, 15 years and sometimes it feels like yesterday. But yeah, two and a half years ago, we kind of started this journey. Uh, Humberto Lopez, which is a a developer philanthropist in town, uh, came to Gospel Rescue Mission. Actually, he came to about nine different organizations and said, hey, I'm thinking about buying this old hotel, which if you're a longstanding Tucsonan, you know the Holiday Inn Holodome on South Palo Verde. And uh, he had the desire to turn it into a one-stop shop to serve the homeless. At the time, Gospel Rescue Mission was looking for a larger men's facility anyway, so we were actively looking for land or a building so that we could expand our services. Basically, what happened at that tour of the old hotel is all the other organizations were just like, are you crazy? Who would do this job? It's too much work. And um, I could barely keep my feet on the floor because I was leaping with excitement. I knew exactly that, um, that this was the place that we were going to move our facility to. So shortly after that, we got a call from him saying, okay, I bought the hotel. I want Gospel Rescue Mission to manage the property. So we quickly got started. So uh, so we entered into agreement with the Lopez Family Foundation. We have a 99-year lease for a dollar a year, which did not break our bank yeah. account. So that was the first great thing. Uh, but we did raise the money for the, uh, for the remodel improvements. So we quickly got a contractor on board and made plans to change up some of the hotel, but basically just kind of give it a facelift. Uh, We opened in June of 2019. We had, at that time, we had 300 shelter beds because we were using some of the the space for offices for our community partners. And we knew that there was a need, but what we weren't prepared for is that we were almost full to capacity the first week we opened. And so we were open for eight months when COVID hit. Mm. COVID hit, and you know, there was a lot of challenges with that. But overall, I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise because we were able to slow everything down, uh, reduce 
reduce the capacity to 50% and uh, we're the only shelter in town that actually stayed open every single day during COVID. The only reason we were able to do that is because we have private rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, The hotel had 51 one-bedroom suites that we call our casitas. So we were able to isolate individuals that were possibly exposed or had symptoms. And um, that way we were able to keep the community safe all throughout COVID. So what safety measures has Gospel Rescue Mission put in place so you can continue doing this work while protecting those who are seeking help, as well as your staff and your volunteers? Sure. You know, this is, uh, again, one of the benefits of COVID is it kind of changed the face on how we will forever, you know, go from this day forward on the sanitation side. It allowed us to have access to equipment and products that we would not have otherwise had. Um, So we are diligent and stringent about the uh, cleaning process and getting everything sanitized and safe for the community. Um, We are mask wearing currently with the staff and we have, we lifted that for a little bit and then when the Delta came around, you know, we Mm kind of masked back up and uh, we have uh, sanitation stations all over the campus and with uh, encouraging people to take all of those precautions. So we're still actively in the COVID procedures. Mm -hmm. We don't know, you know, when that will lift up But going forward, I think we've all, as, you know, human beings that have survived this, uh, learned uh, valuable lessons through the whole process. Definitely learned adaptability. Employment and jobs are another just big topic these days and something to put into consideration that finding employment has extra hurdles when someone is struggling with homelessness. What does Gospel Rescue Mission offer to help people in that type of situation? So uh, we have a workforce development team. And what that means, if somebody comes to us and they're just unemployed, they're homeless because they're unemployed, uh, the most important thing for us is to not just get them a job, but teach them the skills to maintain a job. Our process is that we bring them in and we will go through the resume process and make sure they have a resume that represents them. We have 12 computer stations where they can hop online and they can search for jobs. Uh, We help them apply for jobs. We'll do mock interviews with them. We also provide the professional clothing and transportation to their job interviews. So I'm happy to say in the whole, you know, face of us having um, challenges with trying to find employees that from year to date that we have um, put our guests in jobs, 320 of our guests in current employment. Uh, So we are about to head into um, basically the holiday months. Sometimes it feels like October through January is just, you know, one big blur of lights. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so is there anything you can kind of share about kind of what's on the horizon for Gospel Rescue Mission coming into these next few busy months? Of course. Yeah, this is our busy month. You know, all of Tucson experiences, this is their busy month. Um, But traditionally, uh, Gospel Rescue Mission for over 30 years has done a traditional sit-down Thanksgiving banquet. And um, uh, that is open to the community for the working poor and and the guests that certainly the guests that we serve. And last year, because of COVID, we had to do it in a drive-through situation. So we thought for sure this year we would be back to a traditional sit-down down. Uh, Well, just to make everybody safe and because there's still an element of uncertainty that we are going to make it a drive-through again this year. So November 24th, we'll be having our, we call it our Thanksgiving Blessing 
things to go. And it's really fun. It's actually a procession of items that they get through uh, through there. They drive through their car. They'll be greeted by somebody with flowers and cookies. And then we also give them all a meal. But in addition to that, they get a full resource box with hygiene items and anything that's been donated by the community. And then dessert, of course, and also an option for them to uh, to ask for prayer if they want. Fall. Is there any other news you would like to share before we start wrapping things up? Yeah, well, I just uh, thank you for the opportunity. And we're always in need of, you know, we are a nonprofit. We're solely funded by private funds. We do not have government funding. Uh, so we need every single every single person that has a passion to do what we do come alongside us and provide the financial resources we need to, uh, to provide the services. But in addition to that, uh, volunteers, you know, we're having our volunteers come back. Also, your in-kind contributions. You know, we ask for the community to donate your your household items, your furniture, and know that that goes in turn back absolutely free to those that need it. So if somebody is in our program, they secure housing, we can actually go ahead of them and put a bed in their apartment and uh, all the way to pots and pans and silverware because of the generous contributions from the community. So before I let you go, will you just share how people can get connected with Gospel Rescue Mission? Yes, if you're in uh, if you're in need of help or if you would simply like to help us help people, uh, you can visit our website at grmtucson.com where it's a plethora of information or you can give us a call at 520-740-1501 and we can help you that way too. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That was Lisa Chastain from the Gospel Rescue Mission. If you are part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of this program, you can reach out to us by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information on the Lifestyle Tucson program or to listen back to something you may have missed, you can go to the Sunday mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, or ESPN Tucson dot com.